Again, I want to thank everyone, Derek and Jonathan, for speaking while I was away. But we're going to pick the series up today. We're going to be off for two weeks, baptism, Easter, and then we'll be back on where I'm going to actually talk about how does God reveal himself through life experiences, through our everyday experiences, how does God reveal himself. But today what I wanted to do is really set us up, kind of create a hunger within you to believe that this is possible. You mean I can experience God in my everyday life. I can hear from God in my interactions with other people. I can hear or receive messages from God just through normal circumstances. And I know that that's scary for a lot of us who are evangelicals. And that's why I wanted to orient the church service today around you actually getting to experience God. Because I know that when you leave here, most of you will really struggle of whether or not that's even possible. Or, or better yet, is that even safe? Because a lot of times we use our experience or feelings to justify sinful patterns and behaviors in our life. And so whenever we talk about wanting and needing to experience God, I just know that that's a scary thing. So we're going to have a controlled, controlled, I mean, nothing's really controlled at River City Church. We try not to at least. But we're going to have a safe environment where during worship, we're just going to ask God to come and for you to experience him. And then following worship, we'll have an opportunity for you to come and share um, with the church what you experienced so that you can see that it's normal. One of the things at River City Church we want to do is normalize our experience with God. That, that experiencing God is a normal part of the Christian life. That it's not all about how we think about God. Thinking about God is a good thing. How we think about God is one of the most important things about who we are. If we think incorrectly about God, the potential for that is, is massive in our life. You know, if we think that God is an abusive God who is always waiting to throw a lightning bolt at us, well, that will affect how we live, won't it? It will affect our attitude towards God, as opposed to if we believe God is loving. He's like a loving father. And so I'm not saying or taking anything away from the importance of thinking, or our theology means to think about God. It, that is very important. Thinking about God is very important. But lots of churches spend time teaching you how to think correctly about God. But if it never translates into how you experience God, then your life with God, your relationship with God, really won't be a relationship, will it? It will be more of a theory. It'll be made up of things that you think you know about God based on your knowledge as opposed to things that you've experienced with God. Dallas Willard, who's a professor in California, he's a really smart guy. He's written a lot of books. He says, you know, truth, true truth, true truth. Can I say that? Does that make sense? Truth is made up of both our knowledge of God, how we think correctly, but it has to be coupled by experiencing that truth before it really becomes a truth in our life. Does that make sense? I could tell you all day long that Jesus' desire is for you to experience his provision in your life. But it's not until you're out of money maybe or you're down to your last meal and someone knocks on the door with a bag of groceries that you didn't solicit and says, just felt like Jesus wanted me to drop these by. I was at the store. I felt like you laid on my heart that you needed these groceries, so I'm just bringing them by. Do you see the difference? And you understanding in your mind, yeah, the Bible teaches that Jesus will provide for my needs. And then somebody bringing something that actually provides for your needs or that whenever 
you've lost all your money in the stock market, or you're, you don't know where you're going to send your kids to school, and I tell you, don't worry. God's desire is for you to have peace in the midst of that. That's knowledge. That's me teaching you what the Bible says so that your hope is renewed, and you'll begin to hope that that is true. But it is not until you lay down at night and you are able to sleep and you have a sense, you have a peace that comes over you and says, Jesus, this one's on you. I can let it go. I have peace. And we've experienced some of that. You probably experienced some of that. And that's how experience can validate what our knowledge is, what the truth is about how we understand experience. As I was praying about this last night, I thought about... um, I was thinking about analogies. I was just praying. I was like, all right, God, well, I'm going to put you to the test. You know, I'm not sure how it's supposed to go tomorrow. And I was praying. I was worshiping him. And I had this picture of me getting out on the red carpet, like at like, you know, the Emmys or like some big award banquet. It was the music awards, though, because I think like deep down, like I always want to be a rock star. Well, I am a rock star now, kind of, because I'm in a band. But anyway, it's a whole other story. You'll hear, you'll hear about us. Don't worry. But, um. But I remember getting out on the, I mean, the, 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 the sense, what I felt like God said to me was, I'm getting out of this limousine on the red carpet, and people are cheering for me, and they're like, you know, they're calling out my accomplishments, the things that I've done, my golden records, that I'm a, a hero and a star, and all this stuff. And I mean, like, flash bulbs are going off on me, you know, entertainment news is there to interview me. And the whole time, I'm walking up the red carpet, and I'm like, I haven't done any of these things. I haven't experienced any of these things. They have me confused with somebody else. And, and when people talk to you, or they come to you, and they go, you go to River City Church. That's the church that God has healed people at. Or that's the church where they experience God there. And, you're going, and you feel like that person on the red carpet. And you feel like... Well, yeah, that, I've heard about that in testimonies. I've seen people get prayer at our church. I've, I've heard about people being healed, ex, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you yourself feel like they're describing somebody else. That those experiences haven't happened to you. And I will tell you from my personal experience, that is a very lonely place to be. And I will tell you I'm more in one occasion that I have stood up here and will continue to stand up here and say to you, God's desire this morning is to heal you, wanting to heal you, believing that he's going to heal you, where in my heart I haven't experienced the kind of healing I feel like he wants to bring. And I know that that is a difficult place to be, but it's not the place that God desires for us to be. He wants our knowledge of him coupled with our experience of him. Every life course weekend, I get, I, I get so worked up about the first time we're going to invite the Spirit to come. I'm like, the roof's gonna, this is going to be the time. Like, the walls are going to fall down in the life course in the little building that we have. And I, and, I, and I just believe God brings me to a point every time that my faith has exceeded what my experience is. And that's not a bad thing. That's the work of the Spirit in our life, creating expectation that God is greater than we've experienced. I mean, that's a great thing to do. And it, and it never happens. It never happens like I think it should happen. You know, like I'm like, I expect for us to say, when I say, come Holy Spirit, like everyone to fall down. 
Like there to be literally like the great rushing wind we read about in the Old and New Testament. I'm like, turn the fan on. Here we go. I mean, that, I get to the point, and it's never happened. It's never happened. But God has planted that seed within me that desires for my experience to be consistent with what I know the Bible teaches. Because I know that it is a hard place to be, to see people and hear people experiencing things that you need, that you want, and that you believe are for you. But for whatever reason, we haven't experienced God. In those ways. And that's why we're in the middle of this, of this deal. Yeah, that was all just all over the map. I got to find my place again. You know, one of the things, I know where I am, is that when I was studying this, I've been reading this book by Jack Deary Sell. It's called um, Experiencing or Surprised by the Voice of God. And he talks about all of these kinds of things. And he was just like me. He was a, a pastor. Actually, he wasn't anything like me. He was really smart. He was a seminary professor. And he loved to read, I'm sure, because you have to be a seminary professor. If, you know, you have to like to read. And he was in charge of the Old Testament at Dallas Seminary, which believed that all the gifts had ceased, that there, there was no more healing. There, there was no more experience of God anyway. And it talks about his journey. And God began to reveal to him this desire he had to experience more of him as opposed to no about God in his mind. And in his book, he said, you know, it's an interesting thing. The disciples and the apostles used experience to add credibility to their testimony about God's power. It wasn't something that was questioned or that took away from the spoken word or the word of God. It was something that added credibility. And in Acts 22, we read this, verses 14 and 15. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will to see, the righteousness one, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and what you have heard. And then in Acts twenty six sixteen, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. So what we see here is Paul stating that Jesus is calling him to be a witness to what he has seen and what he has heard and what Jesus will show him. Experiencing God. I call you to be a witness of what your experience is. We've all probably had conversations, maybe not all of us, but some of us have had conversations with people. And they're like, why do you believe what you believe? And you go, well, I, I, I read it in the Bible. Well, that doesn't mean anything to somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean anything to somebody who worships another God. Well, why do you believe what you believe? Well, the reason I believe what I believe is because in my darkest moments, this is what God came and did in my life. And, 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 and I can't understand, I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And no one will take that experience away from me. And, and your experience with, with God will be different than my experience with God. But my experience with God is what has changed my life. And you may be able to argue with me about what the Bible says about God, but you cannot take the experience I've had away. And you have to deal with the transformation that I've had in my life and how that came about. One of the most powerful things that we experience here being with the City Rescue Mission is when we see God transform the life of somebody who has lost everything. 
We see God transform in a real way the life of somebody who has lost everything. And if you're a non-believer, you come into that experience and you go, how, how did that happen? They had everything working against them. And they, ta- they tell us that God did this and now their life has changed. Well, they, they have to do something with that. The reality of that experience in their life. The gospel writer John in the first book, not the first gospel, but the first book in John 1.1, he says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, this is, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim, the word of life. So we see John beginning his first letter by claiming to write about what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, and what our hands have touched. Again, emphasizing the importance of our experience with God. Emphasizing the importance of not just thinking correctly about who God is, but experiencing God with our eyes, experiencing God with our ears, experiencing God with our touch, with feeling him, his presence in our life. Their appeal to credibility strengthened their proclamation of the gospel, not weakened it. And so, this is what we're going to do this morning. We're going um, to start out with a slow worship song, okay? It's going to be like repetitive, so you don't have to keep your eyes open to know what the words are. Because one of the things that Mark Berkler said is that when you close your eyes, it's easier, it's easier to see what God might be wanting to show you. And that he speaks to us that way. And he, he's, done this all, he's always done this with his people. He speaks to us through what we see. We close our eyes, and he might give us pictures. He might say things. Or we might see words in our minds, mind's eye or whatever. And if this is new to you, that's totally fine. We, we, I told you, you know, the freak out opportunity to leave is gone. Okay. The doors are closed. You're stuck with us now. But I'll just tell you, this is one of the roles that we feel at River City Church is we want to normalize and give you opportunities. So we're going to have a, a, an easy worship song. Then Derek and the band, I thought about playing that song. And that's like, no, there'll just be like the sympathy vote for the, for the guy who used to lead worship. And it would totally be a distraction and you would never hear God. So we're going to let the worship team do it. And uh, so we'll have a slow song. And then we'll have, and then Derek and the band will lead us into worship. And, and we're just going to invite God to come and reveal himself to us. We want to experience God. We want to do this every week. We're going to be more intentional. I will start, before we sing the song, though, with a psalm. And the psalm is about us tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Okay? And so it, it, we're going to lead, allow God to lead us into his truth of experiencing him through his word, which is always our foundation for experience. Many of us are afraid of experiencing God because we have bad filters. But the word of God is our filter. It's what we weigh and measure everything against. And so we're allowed scripture to lead us into experiencing God. We will then worship together, asking for God to come, show us himself, to touch us, so that we might feel him. And it won't be like Thomas, maybe, where you're, I, we see people in worship going, I touch your wounds. You know, and everyone's doing this in the middle of worship, touching the wounds of Jesus. It won't be like that. I'll just say, whenever I experience God in worship, I just, sometimes I get goosebumps. Sometimes I'll feel, I'll just kind of feel him, uh, you know, on, on parts of my arms. I'll feel like a presence, God's presence. And it's different. That's how I experience him sometimes. Sometimes I'll close my eyes and there's a picture that I have when I know that God's doing stuff. And it's a picture of this big dove. 
And this is what happens to me when I experience worship at different times. It's just now everyone's going to have this. I saw a dove. But it's this big dove. And, and uh, it began to happen when I was being trained in London. And every once in a while it will happen to me. And it's this big dove. And, and, and he'll be flapping his wings. And he'll be like up here. And I'll, be, and I'll feel the wind of what's coming off of his wind kind of off of his wings. Like, I won't be feeling it. My hair's not, like, blowing in the wind. I'm like, you know, like Titanic scene in the middle of church. But it's a, it's a way, it's a picture that God's given me personally that I've consistently associated with experiencing him. And I know that he's trying to tell me something, or he's wanting me to know that he's with me, or that I'm worshiping him, or that I'm honoring him, or whatever. But I'll have different pictures like that. So you might, when you close your eyes and you're worshiping, don't force it. Don't force it. Just be relaxed. Worship like you always worship. And just be asking, God, I want to see you. I want to hear you. Or maybe in the middle of a worship song, there'll be times where I'll be worshiping. And then there'll be a line in the worship song that I feel like God is saying, this is what I'm saying today. This song is for you. And we've seen that happen in our church a lot of times. And we're so blessed to have worship leaders that sense that happening and they'll stay on a song or they'll go back to a chorus again and again and again. And that's what's happening with them is they're sensing, they're hearing God say, this is what I'm doing right now. So those are just a few ways that I've experienced that, that we do that. But how you experience will be, might be totally different. The pictures, the words will be different. It will be unique to your situation in life or what God's doing in your life. Or, or maybe it will be nothing. But what we know is that when we ask God to come, he always comes. He always comes. And if this is your first time in trying to experience God, it might be a little awkward. It might be, you, might, you might be a little fearful. But you'll be in good company. We read in Luke, it says 24, in verse 24. This is after Jesus' resurrection. And they're on the beach and doing the fishing thing. And he eats the fish. This is just before that. As they were walking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and they were frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. You know, and I read that last night and I thought, you know, how many of us does that capture. I tell you about, hey, guess what? We're going to experience Jesus this morning. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come again? That's a little scary to me, Antley. I'm not sure. What will that be like? I'm a little frightened. The normal response to experiencing the supernatural is often fear. It's often being startled, like the disciples. It's often that we will have doubts. Can this really happen? Like the disciples. They were with Jesus for three years, and they're looking at a person, and they're doubting. How much more difficult is it for us who do not tangibly see Jesus physical in his form to believe that this can happen? But that's okay. God, don't allow doubt or being a little uncomfortable to prevent you from experiencing God. It's normal to have a little fear. It's normal to be a little startled if this is new to you. It's normal. My encouragement this morning is that you would just go for it. You know, don't worry about what other people or what's happening around you because they're going to be worried about you, like, looking at them. And, you know, they're going to be worried about their own stuff. 
Like maybe this is the time that the rushing wind will come. What would, what would happen if that happened? Would I enjoy that? I have hairspray on. It might mess up my hair. So Derek and the band are going to come up. So we'll have a time of worship. We'll have a time for people to share what they experienced in worship. I'll be real quick. Should be one or two, two things. I was worshiping, and I just had this picture. I was worshiping, and I heard God just say this one thing to me. And, and the reason we need you to do that is because it will be a blessing for you. And you'll know who you are when you're, if you're supposed to share. And it will be also might be a message or blessing for the church. And then we're going to talk about, following that, we have a little video we want to show you about what happens when we're faithful and obedient in responding to the voice of God.